Hi all, John here, welcome to the pod. Just a quick update on this one. Uh, it's a very special episode, this, you can tell, because I'm not using the normal theme music. This is the first Future of Work focus that we've done, and this one is all about International Women's Day. So I'm very much going to take a back seat here just to introduce two of the many brilliant women that work here at Unleash. Holding court for this conversation, Ali Navrat and Annabelle Price. Enough from me, it's over to them. Hello, welcome to UnleashCast. My name's Ali Navrat. I am the talent and recruitment lead here at Unleash in the editorial team. And I'm here with my colleague, Annabelle. How are you doing today, Annabelle? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your role in the Unleash editorial team? Yes, I think I have quite an interesting role in editorial team because I work primarily in in the social media side of things. Um, So I'm a social media manager at Unleash and I work with the team to make sure all of the news gets out onto each of the platforms. So Annabelle is the the genius behind all our fun polls and our fun videos that you might have been seeing been popping up and unleash social media channels over the last kind of three, two, two or three months or so. Um, so we wanted to do a kind of International Women's Day podcast episode for you. So we thought we'd have, you know, some women on it. <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd go through some of the news stories that have Um, been popular over on Unleash um, over the last few months and chat through what we think of them. It all it all has to start a little bit negatively sorry about that but we'll hopefully get to some of the kind of the areas of progress and the areas where people can keep focusing on their diversity equity and inclusion which obviously isn't just a gender issue but in this in this podcast we will be focusing on that obviously in light of International Women's Day. So the first piece I think we were going to discuss was this story I wrote a few a few months ago back in September about how kind of and it's obviously not not just a September issue but uh, that's when the stats are from so kind of over the summer in 2021 um the US jobs market was rebounding obviously we have the great resignation but there's still a lot of kind of the economy was coming back up even if a lot of people were still quitting their jobs and it's turned out that women only accounted for 11.9 percent of the job rebound pretty shocking yeah yeah that is shocking I think it says a lot about the uh, how women were feeling after the pandemic um, especially yeah it says a lot as well about I think how you know women were bearing the brunt I think of kind of juggling their job, working from home, having to homeschool their kids. Obviously, men were also juggling with this. But given that women, you know, that these stats kind of suggest that women were disproportionately taking on some of that burden. Yeah, I think we definitely saw it play out within our friends and family members as well. Mm. Um, and we could see that this was going on. And potentially it made women um, less likely to go back to previous jobs or or suffer more from things like burnout and things which we have spoken about previously. Yeah, I think there was a McKinsey study that showed that women versus men, so women, 42% of women are suffering with burnout compared to 35% of men. I mean, that's a 7% difference. That's pretty awful, really. Um, it's awful that um, how much burnout was going on just in workforces overall. Mm. Um, but I think due to the pandemic, burnout has got worse for women and yeah we can definitely see that yeah I think the study spoke a lot about kind of this always on culture which is definitely something I kind of saw with my mum for instance obviously it's pre-pandemic but you know she was always trying to pick up bits of work that she hadn't finished because she had to look after me and my dad obviously was helping but he kind of did a more typical nine to five and she was kind of more all over the place 
Yeah, and I think there's been a, a huge push on, on hustle culture for women as well. And we're trying to always prove ourselves in the workplace, um, mm. which means that we might work um, more hours and uh, we're less likely to take breaks. Yeah, definitely. I think the one kind of other other element that we have written quite a few stories about is obviously the frontline employees. And women make up a large proportion of these kind of frontline sectors, so, you know, retail, hospitality, mm. leisure, tourism, that have, you know, really struggled in the pandemic. And I think that this original study we talked about did say that women kind of were m- more susceptible to losing their job during COVID just because they work for sectors. They're more kind of represented in sectors like frontline. So it's kind of, I think all in all, it's been a bit of a kind of melting pot of like a lot of issues coming together and kind of pushing women out of the workforce, which is a really, which is a big problem for society. It's a really, you know, we want our society to be pr- productive. You know, we're living through an economic crisis um, so we need, you know, as many people working as possible. We don't need people kind of on unemployment or kind of unemployed. You know, people people want to be working. They want to be earning money. Yeah, I think women especially want to want to prove themselves in the workforce. And the fact that the sectors that they're in have been disproportionately affected by COVID um, has just made that much harder. Mm. So, yeah, the fact that we're burning out, I think, is very clear. And how can companies then yeah. um, help women in the workforce that is the big question when they are burning out and how can they spot the signs of burnout as well because I think we're probably very good at hiding it yeah I think so I think there is kind of a concern isn't there for for everyone that you know you don't want to be seen to not be able to handle your workload or not not be able to cope Mm. because then does Mm. that make you you know if then promotions come up are you going to get passed over for opportunities like well you know they couldn't possibly cope and I think women probably worry a lot, often, you know, stereotypically worry a lot more about that than kind of, they're not, yeah, not necessarily very good, very good at talking about stuff. Of course, every, I think every, you know, a lot of people aren't in general, but I think if there is a slight gender element to this. I definitely notice it. I think men often struggle to talk about it. Obviously, there's the stigma about kind of, they probably have more pressure to not talk about it. But I think women probably worry more about the implications on there yeah. I think men worry about it kind of bit like like losing face whereas women is more like oh what is this going to affect what my manager thinks about me yeah I think there's a lot of pressure to perform and a lot of pressure to feel like people are recognizing your achievements mm. and and that plays into it I think also coming back into the workforce after potentially a break from having children and things like that can affect your confidence mm. um, um women definitely get more affected when they take a extended break mm, definitely definitely yeah so obviously the big golden question is what can companies do better what can they do to kind of have a more inclusive workforce that not only encourages people to speak up when they are burning out because obviously with burnout you don't want people to burn out you need to kind of nip it in the bud before they get to that kind of level of kind of crisis um quite stress crisis so, you know, what can companies do? What, what is the best thing for them to do? What do you think? I think a big thing is creating an environment where people are happy to speak about their stresses yeah. and that the feeling that they won't get judged. So I think that's a huge one, is feeling like you can talk about the pressures of the workplace within the workplace because often we'll go home and speak to our other halves about it or friends and family but that doesn't solve any of the problems if your manager's not aware and if your manager's not open to have those conversations, um, then that's a huge one. 
another thing that companies can do kind of is as well as creating this inclusive workplace as you said is you know maybe rethink their benefits a little bit make sure they have these inclusive benefits they make sure that they offer flexible working so you know women more often than men as we've already said you know do a lot more of the caring responsibilities not necessarily with children you know with the elderly um with all sorts of people and therefore they you know we've proven that we can all work from home kind of if anything more productively than you can work in the office I definitely work more productively from home and I think you know giving people the option to work from home when they need it not making it a big deal giving them flexible hours so they can log on earlier they can log on later they can log on in the evening obviously you've got to make sure that they're not burning out while they're doing this and they are creating boundaries but at the same time if it does allow someone to do their job better and that you know you they feel like they're on top of it but maybe with those people then managers need to step up a bit and make sure they're checking in more with those employees yeah I think the the remote workforce are often quite overlooked when it comes to burnout and potentially because they're not seen um Mm -hmm. it's harder to to see if someone's feeling stressed and and to see it um play out whereas in the office you could sort of read people a bit easier Mm um so I'd say that working within a remote workplace means that you have to be more on top of like checking in and being more open about it and having those open communications yeah definitely and making sure when you check in it's a kind of genuine check in it's not just like oh I've done it I messaged them it's kind of like make sure that they know they can actually say Mm -hmm. oh no I I have been working too much this week I'm gonna take Friday afternoon off or I am struggling to manage my time because x y and z is happening at home or you know or even just I'm struggling to switch off because I'm getting emails all hours of the day or anything like that I think it's kind of it's something that employers need to do for everyone but maybe they need to be a little bit more aware of women especially women with families and young families sometimes those benefits um those benefits that we were talking about earlier can help to make sure you don't have to have those conversations either yeah so things like a four-day working week or compressed hours can be arranged so burnout doesn't happen and that makes it easier so we don't have to ask for these things yeah I think definitely employers need to make it more like they offer rather than people have to ask Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit like with flexible working now you kind of expect it as a given you don't expect you know back in the day you'd have to kind of request working from home whereas now it's like oh what you know a lot of companies are kind of obviously not all companies but the vast majority are kind of very much like in your contract it might say oh you need to come in two days a week or it might say we're remote first or it might say we're flexible we're hybrid whatever but I think we need to get to that point with maybe it's not just location it's flexibility around hours and flexibility around kind of as you said compressed hours four day week if that suits the business and if it suits the individual yeah Um, The other thing, obviously, with benefits is things around maternity leave, paternity leave, making sure these things are, you know, a bit more even. You know, men, when they... I was talking upstairs with one of my colleagues, like, men also, when they've just had a baby, want to spend time with their newborn baby. They don't want to be back at work in two weeks. Maybe back in the day they did. But now it's, you know, caregiving responsibilities need to become more even. But it is hard for men to do their bit when they're like, oh, I've got to go back to the office and you're kind of the woman is kind of stuck there for potentially six months you know with sometimes limited support if you're far away from family or stuff like that so I think there's a lot of kind of 
inclusivity that needs to go around leave. It's not necessarily just more leave, it's kind of just balancing it a little bit more. Yeah, and having flexible leave options and even things like women being able to take leave when they're on their periods, um, Mm. that's a huge one. And and PMS can be a huge stressor for, for women the week before. So having things like that in place, so you don't have to always tell someone you can just uh, adjust your working hours accordingly so you can have a better work-life balance. Definitely. A lot of companies have been doing that around menopause a lot more now and kind of, you know, letting menopausal women or perimenopausal women come into work a bit later so they're not having to deal with these hot flushes and these really horrible symptoms on a really busy tube or a really busy bus or train in the morning. They can kind of come in at half ten and maybe leave earlier, but they're working, you know, again, talking about flexible working, you know, they can go back in the evening and do a bit more if they haven't done enough in the day. And even just, yeah, not making it a stigma. Like these, you know, yeah, we don't necessarily want to have hugely open conversations about period pain and stuff like that. But at the same time, if if people want to have those conversations, they should have them. But if people feel a bit shy, they have these procedures in place that they know they can do without kind of, worrying about telling their potentially male manager oh I've got really bad period pains I can't work today or can I have a nap in the middle of the day when actually you know we're supposed to be moving to an outcome-based work aren't we it's not about how many hours you worked it's about what did you produce so why does it matter if someone has a nap in the middle of the day because they've got really bad period pains doesn't matter to me I think we've seen it work well and uh in some circumstances and not so well in others. I've seen a lot of companies implementing things like duvet days, but they seem to be more of a vanity thing and don't actually put the people first. It's more about having something to say about creating a well-being culture. But actually, those companies aren't always speaking to their people about what they want. So I think it's important to actually consult your employees and see what they would like their leave to look like and how flexible they want it. Most of the time, they will opt for ultimate flexibility. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's important to have that consultancy stage as well. Yeah, the employee listening is essential. We write a lot about that. It kind of ties into the whole employee experience. And, you know, you want if you want your workers to be productive, the happier they are, the more productive they are. Exactly. I think exactly. that's a pretty, pretty good place to leave on. Yeah. 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 Well, happy International Women's Day. Thanks so much for listening.